Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Right, welcome to the Road to Redemption, only here on the Reality Check Podcast Network. It is me, Johnny Podcast, and John Wangland here, and we're bringing you a special episode today. And why is it special? Because we have a wonderful guest that's going to join us, and is going to open up and tell a little bit about himself, his his good points, his bad points, his struggles, his uh, his failures, his successes, where he's at in life now, anything he's comfortable with sharing, and. I know you guys are going to get a lot from his story today, and I know you're going to learn some good stuff on maybe how to cope with things that are going on in your life, because that's what the show is all about. It's about helping everybody realize that you can fix the things in your life. You can you can make it through it. You can get through it. And we are honored to have with us my friend, Corey Ryan. Corey, what's going on, my friend? Oh, not a lot. Uh, just, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the daily uh, struggles and uh it's basically just what I've learned is like it's you really have no choice but to really just deal with it after so long of fighting it mm-hmm. um, it's just when you fight so for so many years and try to try to fight everything in the world because of you know you're you're so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with you know your mental health and things like that um, it's like eventually, you just get to a point where it's like, all right, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's get through this, you know, best you can. Um, and some days, you know, you won't deal with it that well. Some days, you know, you might have a little extra fight in you to keep going. Now, you're 33, you said? Yeah, yeah. And you're originally from San Diego, California. Yes, sir. All right. And you're living out in the Houston area right now. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> now, what, <laughs> what made you go out to, to the Houston area? What made you uh, go uh, switch out there? Well, uh, when I was about 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, my mom and dad divorced. And uh, uh, my mom's brother, my uncle, lived out here. And uh, I was basically forced to come here. I wanted to I wanted to stay in San Diego with my father, um, but then you know, of course, being 12 years old, you got no say so in anything. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, ended up here, and um, I spent I think um, a good 10 years um, here, and then I just got so fed up with with everything in Texas, and a lot of things were bad at home, and family so i packed up i moved to georgia um wow that's actually it's actually where my dad ended up going to go live with his brother um because when he got disabled so Mm -hmm. i got there and then when i reconnected with him it basically uh 
you know, I've been like a caregiver to mm -hmm. him since. Yeah. It's really hard to take care of people and be that caregiver too. And it's really hard as a kid. You know, I think a lot of people can attest to this. I can as well because I've been through the same thing is I don't think people understand the, the nature of divorce and what it does to kids and how hard it is on them to have to see their parents not be together, to go through different struggles that they might go through or restart lives. It, it really is an awful feeling for anybody that's never been through it. It's probably one of the worst feelings that a kid can feel or even as an adult if it happens. Now, growing up, Corey, did you have like a good childhood? Did you, you know, have a good you know, home life and everything growing up? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, uh, uh, last place we lived in in San Diego before moving out here, uh, you know, had a had a pool, had like a little tether ball thing, had basketball. Um, you know, I was uh, uh, very comfortable there, and um, then it was like within a matter of two months, or maybe even less than that, uh, it was like it all disappeared and I'm like, and I'm coming here to a strange state, going to a strange school where, you know, all the harassment started. And, um, it's just, uh, it was, it was very tough. And I want to add this in because, uh, I think it's pretty important for, you know, like people that are like preteens or mm -hmm. in their teens is see when I got here, you know, I was so upset about that divorce. Um, and I had, I had turned 13 about a month after we got here. And, but the thing was, I kept acting out. Like okay. I was very angry, very angry, very, uh, just destructful. Um, and we were living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And, um, uh, my aunt, you know, you took me to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. and I was actually misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. Um, and I was, that's when I had, a, I don't think I really had to, but that's when the medications started. And okay. um, I, I, I was up until recently, up until like this year or the last couple of years, I have been bounced around on several medications because everybody was trying to figure out, well, what's the problem? What's going on here? It's there's definitely a mental illness going on, mm -hmm. you know, depression, anxiety, uh, hate, hate being around a lot of people, things like that. Um, but you know, it, it was because I was just, I was angry at the divorce, my parent, like my family split within a matter of a month. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean somebody needs to be on medication. Yeah, absolutely. So that, I mean, there's, instead of like, I felt instead of trying to get to the bottom of everything and trying to figure it out, it's like, Oh, well, we're, we're going to give you this. And, you know, you, yeah, you're going to feel drowsy for a couple of weeks, but you know, if it doesn't work, come back, we'll try something. And it was that way for years. And, uh, you know, I still do take medication to this day, but it's, uh, I, I finally found a good doctor psychiatrist mm -hmm. that is more interested in getting to the root of the problem instead of just saying, here you go, you know, take this. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really important. Um, 
you know, if a child's going through, you know, parents divorcing or some kind of trauma to where it's going to anger them or, you know, they're going to lash out. It's like just because they do that doesn't really mean they need medication. Mm-hmm. It, you know, why not focus on the trauma part yep. and what's causing it? So, yeah, that's uh it's a big problem in society nowadays, Corey, and you can see this with uh, addiction, you know, with, with drugs and things like that. Addiction typically starts not, not just because of, you know, uh, you know, mental illness or past issues in your life uh, or whatever experimentation. It's because a lot of times the big pharma, the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors are all intertwined with it. So what's the best way to do it? Give somebody a drug, try to uh, recreate their, uh, you know, imbalances in their brain and their mind. And what does that do? It leads to addiction, you know, and we see it time and time again in society. And people always pose the question, why just put them on the drugs? Because I think at the greater scheme of things, you know, my opinion is that they're all in it together to make money. And it's a multi-billion dollar organization, you know, throughout the world for this stuff. And it's sad because like you said, you were a little kid, man, you were just a young teenage kid. And then they're loading you up and they're jazzing you up on all these drugs and stuff when there was other issues that you probably just needed to work through and and get some coping mechanisms and some things out there. Would you, would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, exactly. And, um, it's, it's weird because I like, it's a very long time. It took mm-hmm. a very long time. It was a very slow process for me to actually f- start figuring out as I got older that um, medication is not always the answer, you know, and that, uh, you know, there's something going on, but we don't know. And yep. it, and there's a reason why for, you know, it, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yep. uh, um, so like that, that clicked to me, like, I didn't have anybody telling me, um, you know, like this is, you know, uh, we need to focus on the root of your problem. And, you know, it's like, I, I, I figured that out on my own. And Mm. that's when, uh, I went to the psychiatrist and, um, uh, you know, it's been, she's, done she says i've made a lot of improvement so um you know because uh i'm not taking too much of something it's like you know i follow the medications as are um try to take them on time every day plus you know i do cbd oil and Mm -hmm. that of course you know that that helps pretty uh pretty well you know, it's pretty good. So, uh, when you moved Corey to your, to the, to the new place after your parents were divorced, you had mentioned that, you know, the harassment started switching schools and going over at that age where a lot of kids, bullies, mean, rude, harassing you coming over as the new kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, sucks. it was, yeah. Um, I swear, I swear, man, like the, this, you know, cause I was still like, you know, uh, eighth grade, you know, I had, well, I had to repeat eighth grade. So I did eighth grade twice there and this school, I swear, man, it looked like a prison on the outside and literally the, uh, like the in, in school suspension or detention, like how they would have you do all day, Mm -hmm. you know, that place, like it literally had bars on the windows and I've never seen any school like that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like, am I really, I'm really in hell. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, uh, yeah, just the harassment, it was brutal. So brutal. Um, uh, you know, a really good friend of mine been friends 20 years, we actually met at that school. He was my wow. very first friend when I got here and, uh, 20 years of friendship now. And, but, you know, he and I, we were very close friends and they, they tortured him worse than me, but I would get, I would get it because of association or, uh, just people just didn't like me. So, you know, they, that's why they would do it. Uh, I remember one time getting so upset and literally having a nervous breakdown like in the courtyard of the school from getting so harassed that like, I just, uh, I lost it. I started, um, breaking down crying. I I was getting sick from the anxiety and just, uh, all the, just all the harassment. And, um, it was not a good time, not a good time. Now you mentioned you started going through like a self-destructive phase earlier. Do you, do you think it was related to what you were going through in school? Like with the harassment the bullying, the awful changes that were going on in your life. Do you think that was kind of one of the reasons why maybe you're going through that phase? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was another reason for the, uh, you know, lashing out at things and, um, and people always took it and looked at it like, God, you're just so mean and hateful. I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, but that's that's how it was. It was like nobody was interested in what's causing the problem. They mm-hmm. just they just all looked at me, including family. They all looked at me as like, God, he's just got a horrible attitude. He's uh, he hates everybody. He's so mean to everybody. Um, something needs to be done about him. And it's just like, man, you, you're my family, but you, you apparently really don't know me mm-hmm. that well, you know. So. But it's because they didn't they weren't the ones going through it. So it was very easy for everyone who could to uh, judge me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you graduate from that school? Did you make it all the way like through high school with everything? I, I did. And actually, high school, high school was was awesome. It was uh yeah, a lot changed when I got to high school. And in fact, um, this one kid that, uh, that basically started a huge rumor about me in eighth grade that caused me to have that nervous breakdown and mm-hmm. everything. Well, I had gotten high school before him and I was already there for about a year. And he happened to show up one day. I saw him in the hallway and I said, oh, hell no. I pulled him aside. I said, listen, I said, I've been here a year. I said, this is my territory now. I said, you're not going to fuck with me. Um, so, and he just, all right, all right, you know, and uh, because I, I just, all those flashbacks came back. I'm like, you're not going to ruin my high school life. Mm-hmm. You know, you already ruined my, you already ruined my time in junior high school. Uh, you ain't doing that here because, you know, I, I was having a lot of fun, met some new friends and just, uh, it was just fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think turned it around from, you know, being in that eighth grade and having gone through all that and then going to high school and it was just a complete change. What do you I think s- was the reason for that? 
I started standing my ground a little bit more. Um, nice. Yeah, because uh, you know a friend that I a friend that I had uh, at the time, you know, he really brought me out of my shyness and things like that, and um, and so I think that uh, that had a lot to do with standing up for myself in high school and plus having an actual group of friends around me i think that gave me a little extra confidence of Mm -hmm. like i I don't know why it wasn't like i was cocky or arrogant or like say i'm gonna beat this dude's ass it was just like you know hey no i mean it was like you see these group of people around me like no i i've been here for a little while you know Mm -hmm. so uh yeah, it just plus I think and uh I, I did get harassed in high school, but nowhere near as much. Mm-hmm. Um but um but those were things uh it wasn't anything I couldn't handle. Yep. Then I, I think maybe I'd gotten a little bit stronger uh, emotionally and, and mentally by that time. So That's at good, least though. by I, at least by my uh sophomore year it must have been very empowering to finally be able to stand up and say no you're not going to fuck with me anymore nobody's going to mess with me i'm standing my ground and you have some people there to have your back was that very empowering for you to be able to do that finally yeah oh that felt great um especially when you back down um because uh you know it was just like you know i i because i had made up my mind when i started uh getting um uh you know, used to high school. And then I started getting a little more friends and things like that. I made a promise to myself that the same thing that happened in junior high, it wasn't going to happen at this high school. You know, I, uh, I was enjoying myself just, you know, being a teenager. And, um, so no, I, I made a promise to myself. I wasn't going to allow it. If you could send a message to any kids or anybody in life that's going through bullying and harassment like that, what what would the message that you would want to send to them about that stuff? Well, it's changed so much now because you got the social media now. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 98, 99, I mean, it was just at school. Now it's you come home and you get on your phone or computer and you're getting bullied on there, too. Um my advice would be just um, that it'll get better at some point. Um, you know, no, there's no telling when or where, but if you can just dig deep and find that extra little bit of strength every day to, you know, and it's hard, it's extremely hard mm-hmm. and you're gonna, I'm going to be honest, like you're, you're, you're just going to want to give up, but, Mm-hmm. there's always something in you that'll make you keep going. Um, so like, just, just hang in there and it will get better. Um, maybe, uh, I mean, uh, just it, it surround yourself with good friends too. That helps a lot. What message would you, would you send Corey to people out there that are doing the bullying to other people? <laughs> Um, I would say you're completely pathetic. And I think, uh, you know, you got 
nothing in your life and you're the miserable one to have to sit there and torture some kid that all he's trying to do is make it through school, you know, while, uh, you know, while all, you know, the bullies or I don't know what, what they really do today, but, um, yeah, all I can really say is just, um, you need to knock it off because, um, eventually somebody's going to stand up to you and put you on your ass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and it may just, it may be surprising because it may just be the person you're picking on this kid, maybe, you know, five foot four or something like that, wears glasses and, you know, not, you know, probably not that popular, but I guarantee you once that kid has enough, he just may put you on your ass. So, you know, get a life and, uh, get your shit together. I'll tell you a funny story about that with what, how you mention it with bullies is in high school, there was a kid and I won't mention his name on the air. I'll always keep people's in an enemy and all that stuff. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was a big kid. He was on the football team. He was in all that stuff. People thought he was the toughest guy in the world. He bullied him. He harassed people. He did all that stuff to him. Well, one day he decided to go pick on this kid that was about five feet two. Now he was about six, two, six, three, 275 pounds, big built fucking guy. And he goes to pick on this little kid who's about five feet two. Well, what happened was the little kid told him to stop. He didn't want to listen. And on that day, that five foot two, 120 pound soaking wet uh, young man that was getting messed with by this guy absolutely destroyed the big bully in school, whooped his ass beyond all belief, gave him a Chris <laughs> Benoit German suplex right in the hallway. And right it was karma at its finest right there. And I'd like to say this, that that kid uh, really never the next year he this was towards the end of the year. I remember the next year he did not come back to school here, the bully. So I think he must have got uh, thoroughly embarrassed by that, because let me tell you, folks, as Corey and I just mentioned, what goes around in life comes around. And if you act like that, it's going to come back on you and it's probably going to come back on you way worse than that. The problem we're seeing in society right now is that people are doing these things and they think they can get away with it. They think it's acceptable. Look at the shootings that are going on. Look at people that just can't take it anymore, that they're going out there and doing these awful acts and hurting innocent people and thinking that this is their only way to do it or for suicide and things. Man, that's a shitty thing to do. And that's what precipitates a lot of that stuff for people. They can't yeah. take it anymore. And they think that's the only way out. And if you're doing that stuff and you're bullying people and you're being an ass to people like that, if you're listening to this and I want you to look in yourself in the mirror and see what you, if you like what you look at when you, when you know that you're one of those people doing that. And the best thing about life is everybody can change. And if you're one of those people and you're listening right now, and I hope you are for those that are doing it and take this lesson that Corey gave you from his perspective is that it's not too late to ever change. And it's never too late to go and apologize to somebody either and show them that you're not going to make those choices again and actually go out and be the good person that you're meant to be, not the bad person that you're acting. So that's my message about bullying there. Now, what did, what did you do after high school, Corey? What was the route that you took in life? Well, <laughs> my original plan, it was more like a fantasy, but, uh, you know, Booker T, mm -hmm. he's, he had a wrestling school here in Houston. Yep. In fact, he held shows like, 10 minutes from where I live currently, but mm -hmm. then 
moved it like down in the Texas city area. Um, but anyway, I wanted to be a professional wrestler, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, that's, that was like, that was the one answer I always gave when all the teachers would ask, so what are you going to do after high school? You know, what's your plan in life and, and all this. But anyway, I graduated high school and things just took uh, not a good turn. And um, anyway, I had to end up getting a job at this grocery store, which I despised. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't happy at all. Um, and then uh, I was doing that job for about a little over a year. And then that's when, you know, my, my dad called me from Georgia and was like, you know, you, you want to move up here, you know? And, uh, cause I, I had to get away. I had to get away from everything and everyone here. Um, I think I was like around 19 at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So and then, um, after that, you know, after I went to Georgia, you know, uh, I stayed with my dad. I didn't know what, what, what was going to happen. Uh, cause again, strange state, never been there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things just weren't going well there either. Um, and then a couple years later, we found our way back down at Houston and, um, uh, I guess it's pretty much ever since that point, it's been just a day by day thing, you know, um, you know, like I said, I care for, I'm his caretaker, you know, mm-hmm. here. And so it's just like a day by day thing. Um, you know, we, that it's kind of really the only way you can do life is just day by day. I mean, don't, uh, don't expect much and, um, just be prepared for disappointment. And that's not being negative mm-hmm. either. You know, it's just like, uh, but I mean, that it's just real life, you know, you got to like look at it, you know, in reality and be like, you know, yeah, I hope this happens or I wish this would happen, but like, just, uh, take it day by day and don't just don't get, uh, too excited about things because, you know, when you start making plans, that's when life happens. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but um, so yeah, just you know, um, what would what would be ways that you would deal with things when they were going wrong when you were a little bit older? You know, when you were living down there in Georgia, or when you came back and you were you know having some tough days and some good days. How did you deal with it? Like a lot of people have different ways that they do with it. Some people do it with productive and good ways, maybe a hobby, the gym, music, whatever it is. People like me, as I've told before in the first episode on the show. Um, people like me, I turned to drugs. That was how I, that's how I dealt with things. And it was the world's worst choice that I ever made. But mm-hmm. unfortunately I did. And I went down that road, but some people turn to that measure. Some people turn to violence or anger or whatever it may be. Some, some do it the right way. Some do it the wrong way. Everybody has a different way of dealing with it. What was your way as you got older to deal with those things? Um, well, living in Georgia, uh, I didn't even have a driver's license yet, you know, uh, or didn't even didn't even really know how to drive a car and i was like 20 years old um so basically for two years 
I stared at four walls and gained about 350 pounds. Wow. I was in a massive depression. Um, uh, I, I really, I didn't have like the suicidal thoughts at that time, uh, because I just figured it was just kind of like, well, this has to pass at some point, you know, this has to change at some point. And it did. Um, so yeah, that, that's what happened when I lived in Georgia. And then, um, uh, coming back here, um, things, things went pretty well for a while. Uh, and then probably about the time I was, uh, 24, 23, mm-hmm. um, after I had lost my real first relationship, uh, I, I turned to heavy drinking and, um, and then eventually, um, I started, uh, doing pills, mm-hmm. um, o- opiates and stuff, benzos, painkillers, Vicodins, yeah. uh, you know, just stuff like that. Um, basically anything that would give me that high of, uh, yeah, this is awesome, you know, or, you know, yeah, I feel good. Um, and then drinking a lot of alcohol on top of it all. Um, that, that went on for several years. Mm -hmm. Now, would you have considered yourself like an addict addicted to drugs and alcohol? Yeah, I I would even, you know, some people say, well, well, do you do it every day? Well, not every day. Well, then you're not an addict. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, (laughs) yeah, I I honestly didn't know how, wouldn't know how to describe it back then. It was just, I was so heartbroken and uh, just, I felt like I was being tortured inside, Mm -hmm. you know, my own mind. And, um, so many people tried to reach out to help me, but I had the attitude of like, you know, fuck off, mm-hmm. you know, fight me, uh, you know, and, um, I lost, I lost a lot of friends because of it. Um, but, um, the one guy, the one person that always stayed by my side and helped me was Eli. Yeah. I could see uh, that. He's a great guy. Yeah, he if he has talked me, that guy has talked me off the ledge so many times. I can remember waking up and just being so messed up still from the night before, texting him and just bawling into tears while texting him. Um, but yeah, he's he's been there all the way, stuck with me since two thousand nine, and uh, that's. Awesome. He's my brother, and uh, you know I, I thank him so much for you know he 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 said something to me one time. He said, um, uh, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you to get over it. I'm gonna help you get through it." So that's yeah. a good that's a good that's a really good statement right there. Yeah, that really yeah. is, man. I've never yeah. heard that before. That's good. Yeah. And I, I sort of live by that now with other people, you know, that, um, you know, I'll, you know, that's, the, uh, 
you know, I'm not going to tell you to get over it. I'm going to help you through it. If you want my help, you know, if you'll, if you want to take my advice, go ahead. Um, if not, then at least I reached out. If you didn't have Eli in your life, Corey, like if you didn't have a great friend like that, like Eli in your life that helped you through a lot of those things, where do you think you'd be now 10 years later since you met Eli? Dead. Yeah. Dead because powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful stuff, people. You know, I just want to say that right there. One person when you doubt it in life for our listeners that are listening to this great, great, great episode with Corey right now. If you won't ever doubt that one person has the power to change somebody else's life and to make their life better, to make a difference. Well, Corey's telling you right then and there and with all honesty in his heart, man, that if it wasn't for his friend, Eli, who was a good friend to him and helped him out, that he wouldn't be here right now. He'd be dead. And so doubt that people, if you ever want to doubt that one person can make a difference in life, here's somebody that's telling you right here that that's a complete line of crap because that one person did help his life and change his life. And I'm sure with Eli, it was the same way too. And, you know, they're going to, everybody's going to get a chance to hear Eli's interview here next week. It'll be uh, airing right after this on the next week. And you're going to hear Eli's story too. And I, I would bet all the tea in China right now that Eli would say the same exact thing about you, that you've been the same person for him. That's helped him off the ledge. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. What got you off of the addiction and the, and the drugs and stuff? What, what, what was your final factor in that? How did you do it? Well, it was, it was an on and off thing for, uh, quite a few years. Um, I'd stop thinking I could fix it myself. Um, and then like something bad would happen and I go right back to it. But, uh, um, we, um, we got a dog, um, Mm -hmm. and that dog, he had, I mean, we saved him, but I swear to God, he saved me from, he just, things, you know, with him, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. It's, uh, he just, it gives you that extra joy, you know, Mm -hmm. to where like, you're not, you're not like thinking so hard about, you know, getting messed up or things like that. You know, it's like, they just dogs really, uh, they, they help. Um, and, uh, you know, plus I had to, uh, I had to basically sit myself down also and be like, you know, something has to change. And I said that out loud. And so, um, cause, uh, there was, you know, a, a few months ago, um, I had fallen off the wagon mm-hmm. again for a while. Um, and I started experimenting with bath salts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and after trying that a few times, I'm like, okay, I, something's got to change. I got to stop this. So after talking with my psychiatrist and everything, I got back in the gym. Um, uh, and, uh, just started keeping more busy and, um, 
trying to focus my mind on other things. And that's, that's hard to do trying to, you know, focus your mind on other stuff and try to keep, uh, you know, keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, uh, you know, every time something bad would happen, the first thing I do is try to get messed up. And, um, you know, now if bad things happen. Um, I just, uh, I just kind of face it head on. That's good though. That's good that you've got to that point now that you're able to start doing that. You know, people in society and, you know, tell me after, if you agree with this Corey, is where everybody's quick to judge others and to sit over there and kick them when they're down, when they're going through their hardest things in life, it's so much easier to kick somebody when they're down than to sit over there and reach your hand up and lift it out to try to help them up. And addiction's a big thing in our society. Now it's a, it's a terrible epidemic that's going on. And I want to impart this on people from, you know, Corey's telling you his stuff about, you know, addiction, I've shared mine is that nobody ever wants to wake up in the morning and say I'm an alcoholic or an, or an addict. That's not anybody's dream. You don't hear anybody when they're a kid say, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a junkie, man, and I want to be addicted to heroin. No, you're not hearing that. But unfortunately in life, it happens and it happens for a variety of reasons that we could all go over a million times over. But stop judging people if you've never experienced that. Because let me tell you one thing, if you've been hurt by somebody from addiction, Totally get your pain, totally understand it. I'm not denouncing your feelings or how you would feel about something. And I'm not saying the person uh, that wronged you that you cared about because of their addiction is in the right or that you owe them something for that. No, you don't. But in the same aspect is you never know what somebody else is going through, as Corey's told you here. And, And everybody deals with stuff differently. And it's so easy to just shit on them and write and write them off. And treat them like garbage than to sit over there and try to understand them. You know, and if you try to help somebody with that and you can't help them, you know, at least you tried. But we're so cruel in society that we kick people over and over and over again when they're down. You see the mugshots for somebody with addiction. Oh, what a junkie loser. Oh, you know, all these junkies should die. And I'm telling you, man, it's it hits home because when I had my problems, I had a lot of people, man, Corey, that that had a good time making fun of me. And they did it publicly. They did it to friends of mine. And it literally made me like you're talking about with, with, I'd never been bullied in my life, but that was the first time in life. I felt like, holy shit, man, I don't even want to be around anymore for this. This is the worst feeling ever. Like I felt like a walking punchline and right. it was because of cruelty of people like you had mentioned earlier. And it's just an, it's a shit thing to see. Man. Would you, would you think that's a pretty accurate statement, Corey? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's, that's, that's one of the biggest problems, people being too judgmental. Um, it's almost like it's, you know, people, like if you post something on Facebook or, you know, whatever, it's like, and, and if it's negative, people jump your shit. Mm-hmm. But when you start trying to, put positive post positive things and you know inspirational words or something ain't nobody give a shit nobody's listening because everybody wants they want to hear the drama it's but they'll they love to hear the drama and they love to read how somebody else's life is falling apart but yet they'll jump your shit for it it's like uh, i think they're the ones that need to see somebody you know for help because uh that makes absolutely no sense to me. 
So, man, I agree. I mean, you 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 nailed it, friggin' spot on, right there, man. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. You know, on that one, that's that's a very spot on assessment. Now, you mentioned wrestling, Corey. Is wrestling always been a passion of yours? Something you loved since I was uh, two or three. Yeah, there you go. No, was wrestling? God, I mean, for people that knock on professional wrestling, you know, I'm primarily. Oh yeah, there you go. H- Look at that, man. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. People, people knock on wrestling and, you know, for whatever, because it's, you know, scripted fighting or they think it's goofy. And if you don't like it, great. You know, I'm not here to tell you what to like or not. Wrestling to a lot of people, and I've heard this many times, the professional aspect of it, you know, the, the shows, the storylines, the characters. To a lot of people, it's an escape from reality. In many ways, I've heard this from people. It helps them kind of suspend that disbelief in their own lives or, things in their own life. And for a few hours a week, they can sit over there and live through somebody else maybe, or feel good about themselves because John Cena is popping up there, you know, and telling them never give up or anything. And wrestling does that for a lot of people, man. It -hmm. really does. It did it for me in many ways. Did it do the same for you, Corey? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I gotta say, you know, is as much of like of a cartoon it's turned into now. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, uh, if it wasn't for wrestling, watching wrestling for so many years, like that, that got me through a lot of, a lot of tough times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, probably would have gone insane if I, I didn't have some wrestling to watch because mm-hmm. um, it gave me a little something else to fo- to focus on or, you know, kind of get my mind a little bit off of, you know, the bad stuff going on. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I'd say, you know, wrestling, watching wrestling, it's actually saved me from, from a lot too. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, I get where you're coming from as you can. Yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from as you can see, and this is my wrestling room in here. So you you can see it on video there. You know, I'm obsessed with wrestling. I always have been, I do, five fucking wrestling shows a week on my other uh, podcast, Wrestling With Reality. So right. to say I'm addicted to wrestling, that's my new addiction. Yeah. Or not my new addiction. It's been my always addiction. That's been my whole life, you know. It's cool to hear that, though, when you say that is what you had to look forward to. Maybe people, when they hear that, don't understand that. But I pose this question to everybody out in the audience, you know, to think about when you're going through something rough, what is it in life that makes you feel good? What is it in life that helps you work through those things? And if you don't have an answer to that, I would strongly suggest finding something in life that can be a healthy alternative to go out there and help you work through something. Everybody needs one or two things. You mentioned the gym earlier. I think that's a great one. Now you get in shape, you build up your muscles, you get some exercise, you interact with people. Does that do a lot for you too with exercise and stuff? Yeah. It gets your aggression out. Um, you know, uh, when I'm doing the weights or whatever, it's like, I'm thinking about people that have, uh, just, uh, degraded me in my life and Mm -hmm. told, you know, cause I was always told like it, uh, you know, whenever I tell family or something, or even uh, just random, you know, whoever it was that I knew, like, you know, I want, I want to be a wrestler. You know, uh, things like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're not big enough, or 
no, you know, you, you know, it was just always, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, you're, you're not basically, you know, I, you know, you, you can't do it. So it's like, I just think of not just that, but a lot of just as much negative as I can think of when I'm there, because when I do that and I'm on the weights and stuff, uh, I mean, I makes me push harder. Mm-hmm. It gets all that out. It's like, and I'm thinking in my mind, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, look, at, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know, so um, even though I didn't become a wrestler, but uh, still, it's like people have never thought that I could stick with things um, or, you know, it's just nobody had any real confidence in me. Mm-hmm. I don't think, in my opinion. But um, so it's kind of like, sticking with you know working out and getting myself into shape and you know that's kind of like i don't just have something to prove to myself but it's like i'm proving something to other people that like you know i'm not quitting you know uh you know just it's kind of like well look at me now Mm -hmm. yeah good for you man that's yeah. that's good. That's a great attitude to have that you're doing it right now, and keeping yeah. on fighting, man. You know, and I know you you said earlier, and we and we talked about it, you know, before with me and you, is that you know you're still battling through some of these things now, and that's fine to battle through things in life. People, we're all going to go through our battles and our struggles and our successes. Corey's really told a great told a great bunch of bunch of informate pieces of information for people here today with a real raw and honest look and at himself at life. And man, I'll tell you, it takes a lot of balls to get up there and, and go do that, Corey, for a lot of people to listen to, because there's going to be people that are listening to this that are going to be highly empowered that are going to listen to it. And you're going to give them some sense of hope that m- they might not have had on certain things, because we're all walking examples in life of change that you can fix things. What would be your final message that you'd want to give to people who are struggling and down and out right now? and feeling like there's no fix in their life, what would your message be to them that you would share that let them know they can get their redemption, they can climb their way back, they can succeed? What would your message be? It starts with trying to help yourself first. Um, I know it's not easy, but like something as simple as, uh, you know, like going to the gym or, you know, uh, something, uh, anything that, anything that you think will, uh, will be good for you. Even if it's playing a video game, it's like, it kind of starts somewhere. Um, and it's a very slow process and it's going to take a lot of time, but like, once you slowly start getting out of that funk and kind of start pushing yourself out of it, then you're going to start seeing, uh, and and being being like oh okay well i did this today oh i can do let me do this tomorrow and like it's kind of like a mind control thing really mm-hmm. um you know and uh because you know a lot of people are just so used to like sleeping all day or you know um not doing anything because they're so depressed so it's just like find find the littlest thing that you're interested in or were interested in and just, you just got to force yourself a little bit. 
because it's not like it's going to come into your house and happen for you. It's like you just you got to a little bit and, you know, try to make things happen slowly. And then eventually um, you're going to feel better and you're going to start seeing, you know, you'll eventually get a routine down, you know. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm bad at giving it. I'm really bad at giving advice. But um, but you're not because you are giving good advice right there, man. You are. Don't yeah. don't doubt yourself because you are good at giving good advice because what you just gave out there for people is a lot of really great and pertinent information. Have that confidence in yourself, Corey, because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of great things that are in store for your life and I can feel it right here. And I'm telling you, I know it, man. It takes a very brave person to come on and talk about these things and to get out there and go share that. And it takes an even cooler person in my book to sit over there and give people a message how how they how you can offer them some wisdom to help them. That's what society should be all about, people, helping one another when we're down or helping one another in general instead of sitting over there and being the bully, being the jerk, being the, all those bad things here. Corey, man, what a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Man, we were, we were. I'm so glad we got it done. I feel so bad, man. Me, me and poor Corey were supposed to tape twice. We have blizzards. I got to throw it out there, man, because I call myself out all the time on stuff. Corey's been so patient the last few days, man, because we've had blizzards. I was stuck at work for fucking days upon end. And Corey, man, he was such a cool guy with being so flexible. And Corey, anytime you ever want to come on and share a message or you got anything or you want to talk shop on my wrestling show, you always get an open invite to come and join us, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, you guys know where to check us out on Twitter at WWR Podcast, in case you didn't know. We're on also on Instagram. It's Reality Check Podcast Network on Instagram and on Facebook. You just go and look up Wrestling with Reality. You'll find me on there. That's my prime show that I do. And, uh, you know, if you got something you want to say to Corey, you know, you want to ask him a question, you want to give him some encouragement, you want to thank him or anything like that or anything you might have, you can email me as well. It's wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com. If you want to throw anything out there and I will make sure that Corey gets it so you can let him know how his message impacted you. Or if you got a question that maybe Corey could help you with, I'll get it to him. I promise. Shoot me over that email. My emails are always open for everybody. And uh, we're going to be back on Monday with next Monday with another great episode of the road to redemption. Just remember it drops every week on Monday, right when the clock strikes midnight, everybody, you'll get your newest episode of road to redemption and it'll be out there waiting for you guys right in your queue when you wake up in the morning. But, but what you got to do to have it there is you got to subscribe. So subscribe to this feed. That way you get notified every time the show pops up. And I hope you guys go and check out my other show, Wrestling With Reality, all the other great shows on my network, with the Reality Check Podcast Network. And I hope you spread some love out there to some other people. Because as Corey and I were talking about today and the bravery that Corey shared and the great stories and the great things that he's got to share with you is you can make a difference. And be a good person in others' lives and in society, not the bad people. For everybody here on the Reality Check Podcast Network and Road to Redemption, we wish you all the best. Hope you're doing great. Thank you for listening, and we will be back again soon next Monday on the Road to Redemption on the Reality Check Podcast Network.
What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms.